Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are you serious? Hello, this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. There's plenty of ways to kill some time out there. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us. Joined again today by our producer, Bill. How you doing, Bill? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good. Can we talk about the weather in the UK first at the moment? We're recording this on the 25th of August. A couple of weeks ago, we had a heat wave. 40 degrees, yeah, was the temperature we were kind of having to battle with. It was hot. It was dry. Everybody had a moist crotch, whether they wanted to or not. What's it like now, Bill? Shocking. <laughs> there's a, there's a storm coming. There's a storm coming. It's. It, I thought it was just bad weather, but it's actually a proper storm. It's got a name now, Bill. Storm Frankie, I think I saw on Twitter. Francis. Storm Francis. Francis. I didn't know how they named storms. Apparently, they use a letter of the alphabet every single time. So this one's an F. And the next, next one, one will be A, B, C, E, F, G. 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 George is what they call it, George. I don't know, like, I didn't know that's how they named storms, but that's interesting. But yeah, so we're about to be hit by a storm that's going to give us 76 mile an hour winds. Yeah, okay. Um, Staycationists are being warned. So if you're going camping right now across the UK over the next few days, if you're listening to this in 2020 at the end of August, you might have to pack up your bags and go home. Imagine being in a tent with 76 mile an hour winds battering you. You're more likely in an episode of Bear Grylls. Get me. Um, anyway, how you been killing time, Bill? Uh, I've just mainly been playing a bit of Fall Guys this, this past week. It's been all over the timeline. So, Oh, yeah. Like Fall Guys. Can we just explain how amazing this game is, man, and how different it is the the games that we've been playing recently? Because recently on, on How to Kill an Hour, and I feel like the world of gaming, we've been looking at quite intense games. So first we had The Last of Us, which was a very intense narrative game. There's an episode, a few episodes back on How to Kill an Hour that we spoke about. Warzone's been quite big as well. Intense 150-person <clears throat> battle royale games with a circle that continuously shrinks on the map that you have to stay in whilst trying to kill everyone else, whilst trying to take part in contracts, save up money, buy good guns, get your ghost class on so you aren't seen by everyone that was the big thing and then now Fall Guys is really come to prominence Bill how would you describe Fall Guys because you've been playing it quite a lot more so than I I think if you've uh, ever watched back in the day Takashi's Castle with uh, our friend I'll say our friend yeah Craig, Craig Charles he yeah. was uh, 
he's the commentator of it. It's very funny. You get just, just hundred people get whittled down to one. So kind of like a battle royale, but you have funny games like running through uh, a bunch of doors that are shut and you jump into them. And if it's the wrong door, you get a bad headache. If it's the right door, you go through it into the next one, the next one, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. What's that game show that became quite popular where humans have to kind of do this mad obstacle course? Ah, do you know, you must know the one, Bill. They did it over here in the States. People used to dress up in like stupid outfits as well to, to take it on. Very similar I mean, to the, like... The only thing I can think of, I mean, they're not really... Very rarely that people use uh, silly outfits, but there's Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there are like ones on YouTube where people like dress up, put the dino suit on and try and do Ninja Warrior and the dino actually does quite well. Yeah, like Ninja Warrior and Takeshi's Castle combined. So you have these little, I'm going to say it, minion sized characters that waddle along like and you like billy said you've got to take on uh varied kind of courses and they whittle you down don't they one by one after every single game right yeah what is it you start off with how many people again 60 60 and they whittle you down to one winner and some of them are like team ones where you've all got to like kind of move a ball into a certain area of the map or you've got to like run around and like nick tails off each other kind of like giant games of tag and it's so light-hearted and silly and fun but also addictive as well right yeah that, i saw i saw a great tweet um on on the timeline that said you know um game developers that like, just just uh, open up that your game doesn't need to be overtly violent or or crazy to be successful games like uh full guys and overcooked just shows how popular games can be just by having fun I love it. I love it. It's you're so right, and it's like it. May, it reminds me that gaming, and that, but to be fair, I've always felt like this. Gaming doesn't always have to be super intense. Whilst I love Warzone, I have jumped off Warzone a couple of times over the last few weeks, and then gone to play Fall Guys with the same team of people that were like, you know, uh, on me, on this mark. Five minutes later, we're like, hey, oh, oh man, I've just been hit by a giant pendulum that's knocked me off the map. So yeah, Fall Guys is fun and. I think you're right. And I think it's the type of game that even if it wasn't on PS Plus, now that I've seen so many people playing it and the fun you can have, they're going to do really well from sales after this has left the PS Plus store. Yeah, whoever, whoever at the development team decided, yes, we're going to give it our way for free. Yes, Sony will do this. It deserves a raise because if it wasn't for free, it would have been popular, but I don't think it would have been. It would have taken over the gaming world as it has at the moment. Just because exactly. everyone can download for free. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly it, man. So yeah, it's a really, really good look. Um, we are about to talk about another game, actually. But before we move on to that, Bill, real quick one. I'm getting really comfortable with Zoom meetings. They are the new normal in life. I have managed to complete a couple of Zoom meetings without underpants on. I'm talking about nothing on in the bottom half. Mostly this was towards like last week at the end of the heat wave, sitting there on a towel on my couch, just saying, you know what, I want as much breeze as possible to hit me. And I'm glad to say, I just want to say, I haven't embarrassed myself by standing up halfway through the meeting and exposing myself to the world. It's, it's risky. <laughs> risky business. I put two bits of paper down saying, next to the laptop, left and right, saying, don't stand up, don't stand up. And at the end of the meeting, I like closed my laptop gingerly, made sure that there wasn't an angle that it caught me at when I was closing my laptop, just to make sure that I didn't get nabbed. But um, anyway, I don't know why I dropped that. But anyway, um, another game that we've been playing over the last couple of weeks is Avengers, the 2020 video game, which is about to drop for us. So not the Avengers movie. This is by Square Enix. They're publishing it. And Crystal Dynamics are the developers of it. We actually had an interview with Sean Esky of Esky Black about 
December we did actually. You can check that yeah. out on our YouTube. And he is a director and he helped to really help put together the, the story behind this Avengers game. Now, the big challenge I want to say that Crystal Dynamics and Square are facing is the f- big success of the Avengers movies and the fact that this game is not going to have the same voice actors, the same people. They're not going to look like, Iron Man's not going to look like Robert Downey Jr. Do you know what I mean? So they've kind of taken these characters away from the cinematic universe. This is a different universe, totally. And it is based on the long-running comic book mythology and adaptions with other media bits as well. So in this game, the main storyline takes place five days after A-Day, which was a celebratory day for the Avengers, uh, where there was a tragedy that results in the death and destruction of many people, and the Avengers are blamed. And the team is forced to disassemble and go into hiding whilst somebody uh, decides to put together, a uh, his name is George, decides to put together this uh, thing called AIM, which is, I don't want to spoil it too much, a, a system to help protect the people without the need for superheroes. It's a surveillance system. It's a security system that can keep people in check and stop crime. I'm sure you can imagine how that can be abused. So the disassembled Avengers then have to reassemble to save the world from some evil wrongdoings. And the storyline, like we've been able to play the beta like three or four times. And eventually we've been able to kind of share that experience with the world because they had an online, I think three weekends of online play for the Avengers beta for us to have a go and check it out. And it was a very interesting experience. It was the first time I got to play it without being like gassed up in a room where somebody's like, you know, this is going to be the best game ever. And then you get on and you're like, ah, this is going to be the best game ever. I got to play it in my living room for the first time. And they give you four missions that you can get through um, and in the, in, in, the, in the beta version. And you can actually crack through those. And after, this is the great thing we didn't get to do in the beta. After the first few missions where you're introduced to Kamala Khan and the Hulk, you actually get to open up and start to play online co-op, which is real interesting. Um, there are a few superheroes to, to, to pick from. Uh, I kind of went for Miss Marvel Kamala because I found that she was one of the be- m- most uh, amount of fun players to play with. And you can basically go around the world kicking Ames butt as a team and actually using the powers of each of these Avengers um, which I really, really enjoyed, man. I mean, have you, have you managed to get your hands on it yet, Bill? I haven't played it myself yet, um, but it does look really interesting, especially the four-player co-op. I mean, you just jump in with my mates and just, just, just play it. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, from what I played, I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'd, and I feel like this about most online co-ops, I don't think personally I'd be the kind of person to play with randoms, to jump on a quick play and start punching up. I think it's fun for me to say, right, okay, cool, Bill, you know, you want to be Captain America. I want to be Iron Man. Someone else wants to be Hulk or, or you know, Natasha, Black Widow, or Romanov, or Kamala Khan or something like that. And then we jump in and play the game. Um, there are a few limitations, though. Obviously, you can't have a group of superheroes that are all the same. So you can't have four Hulks, which is, I don't know. I'm, I'm interesting. I think it would be fun. And it is restricting because everybody might want to be Iron Man in your group or whatever, or everyone might want to be Miss Marvel or something like that. So I kind of get that's a bit of a restriction. Um, I enjoyed playing it. I mean, it was a beta, so there were some kinks in it. Um, I think that what could be helped really is if there was, and this might be because I'm playing Warzone, a tagging system. So you could tag something and say, oh, this is over here. 
come and follow me. And at the moment, there isn't that at all. I kind of have to, if I lose somebody, like Iron Man flies over something, it might be harder for me to get to them. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, I'm by the big building with a stick on the side of it. It's, it's got, there's like a green thing on the left. I'm just over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, my friend who plays Cod Luke, he was like, on me. And I'm like, bruv, where is on you? I don't know where you are. So uh, yeah, that was a little bit tricky. Um, the, if you haven't got a whole squad of people, um, you can actually just leave your room open for other people to join, which again, I think is cool, but I think it need communication. Um, I'm, I enjoy, I'll be honest with you. I did enjoy the story mode a bit more when I was playing it by myself than playing it with strangers. When I was playing it with mates, I had a bit of fun as well. Um, they've got loads of unlockables as well for the players. So you can upgrade your player's skills and moves and you can get new outfits and stuff, which I thought was cool. I'll be honest though, the, the menu I felt, and I'm not, I'm a little bit simple minded. I felt it was a bit too complex for me, man. It's too much going on. Luckily, there's a button you can press when you have collected your, uh, they're like little collect, collector's items. They're like little potions, little like, you know, bits of energy and stuff like that you collect. I was just like, whatever, let me collect them all. Um, and you can just press L2, I think it is, and it just automatically applies it to your character so you can power them up. I just want to get, I just want to run around the world and smash people up. I do want to upgrade my skill tree. I just felt it was a little bit complex, but I love the game. It was bang on brand. And I've just been doing some research on the internet over the last few days about characters. People have been unpicking the date. They've been data mining the actual code and they've uncovered that there's going to be the following characters, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Kate Bishop, War Machine, Peter Parker, AKA Spider-Man, Ant-Man, Wasp, Vision, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Falcon, Marvel, Mockingbird, Quake, Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, and the Hulkbuster. That's mad. That's a lot of characters, isn't it, Will? It's chock full of characters. We'll see, we'll soon see what happens because I don't I know I know that um came out recently that Spider-Man is a PlayStation exclusive. Um yep. so we'll soon see what happens with that. Isn't it interesting before we wrap up on this point that they are really going hard, PlayStation and Xbox, to really win us over now so that we're on board for the next generation. It's so interesting. I always feel like at this point, I always felt in the past that like everybody was looking forward to like promoing what's coming up with, the, with their games, which they are doing. But it's interesting how they're giving us such good quality titles at the end of the, the generation. You know the generation, mean? yeah. That Last of Us, you know, we've had Fall Guys... <laughs> <laughs> and free upgrades as well yeah, for the next yeah. gen so yeah, yeah exactly yeah makes That's people want to get involved more gta for free on the gta on the playstation 5 gta online for free yeah gta online for free on the playstation 5 mad that bruv i don't know any other game that spanned three generations of t- of a console and at, still. Like, as a playable title with no remake that game in itself we should do a whole episode about gta 5 because that game has been running for longer than this podcast has it's seven years old Mental. 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 Still in the top 40 and a lot of the time in the top 10 in the charts of the UK. It's because it's earning bank. Yeah. Like, let me, let me look, look at UK, UK games top 10. Let me look at it right now. 25th of August, uh, 2020. UK games charts. Let's have a look. Oh, FIFA 20 is back in the number 10. Uh, let's have a look at the UK games charts. Live Googling. It's so exciting when you do that online. UK games charts. I can't find it. UK games charts. 
this is a nice little tease before we jump into our great guest. Let's find the top 20 UK games. Yeah, it's number seven. It's number top seven 10. in the charts. Seven years after it came out. Blooming redonkulous. That's uh, the little roundup of what's been happening this week on How to Kill Now. But I'm glad to say that we're going to be joined now by our guest, Kyle Smith by now. And it, he is starring in a new series of a show called Ghost. The first series, a quick wrap up, is him and his missus, Alison, and when I say him, his character is called Mike, move into a mashed up country manor that they've inherited with the intention of turning it into a hotel. However, a collection of spirits occupying the house have other plans. Now we're about to step into season two, Kyle. Mm -hmm. But first things first, I want to ask how you are, man. It would be rude for me not to ask. All right, man. I'm I'm good. With, I'm slowly getting back into working. So I did like a, a little shoot yesterday, and then we finish it off today um, in a comic book store, uh, which is cool. All yeah, right. man. So we're shooting in a comic book store in Soho, um, and it's just about two guys who are witches. Oh, okay, cool. Cash. Yeah. Two guys who are witches. <laughs> yeah, two witch guys that work in a comic book store. Yeah, man. And is this something that you're, we'll be seeing later on in the year, I guess? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the aim is to... So it's written by these guys called Roscoe Five, um, who I worked with before. I did a shoot called Mondeo with them and something called Insecurity Question. And um, yeah, they just like, they have these crazy ideas and they're just like, can you? And I'm like, yeah. And then I turn up and, <laughs> and then I actually read the scripts and I'm like, no. Um, no, I, I, I love us with them and like, everything that we've done has been great. So like whatever they've got going on, I'll just turn up and we'll make it happen. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be out at some point uh, in the next sort of few months. It's with Jam- me and Jamali Mad- Maddox as, um, as witches. See, I can imagine yeah. you two as witches. I, I, to be fair, I'm struggling to visualize that. And that means that I'm going to be very intrigued and ready to watch yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm getting back to getting back to work, um, getting out a bit more. I mean, I'm not in the club yet, but fine, whatever. I yeah, think, I think I can wait a little bit more to be in the club. I feel like the the rush to get back to the club now. I don't feel like it's as intense as it was a little while ago. I think mm-hmm. people have managed to find mostly a way of kind of you know getting their graft on around this. Yeah. Really, it's a weird situation, isn't it? Like. Mm. Who would have expected this? You can you can like guess that there's going to be a recession, right? But mm-hmm. to to kind of guess that we're actually going to live and see one of these pandemics that to me, I only saw in films. And I used to be that guy yeah, like, yeah. oh, one day this is going to happen, you know, bruv. And everyone would be like, shut up, man. I'd be like, it really yeah, could. Yeah. And uh, when it did, I didn't really want to be like, I told you so. I was like, oh shit, this is the wrong yeah, kind man. of correct. I do not want to be correct about things like this. Mm. But must have really affected you and other actors really, right? Yeah, I mean, fortunately for me, I also write. So I was able to find that, like, fill the time with something creative. Mm. But I know that I've got a lot of friends that are actors that don't write. um, And their thing is mainly just acting. Um, So it was quite tough for them because you did, like, even even when the world's open, you don't really get opportunity to practice your acting unless you're working. Unless you go to, like, an acting class, well. But, like... Just like, for example, football. If you're a footballer, you can practice kick-ups in your back garden. And like, I mean, you can practice a monologue in your house, but it's pretty boring. <laughs> so so it's like, 
yeah, it's quite tough, uh, especially to go for months without being able to sort of practice like what it is that you love. Um, but yeah, fortunately, I was able to keep my creative uh, street going with like the writing stuff and sort of just creating and, and having ideas and stuff. But yeah, man, I, I know what you mean. It's like it's, there's no way that you could have predicted the people would have to stay in their house. Yeah, yeah. Fear of a virus. Exactly, and like the amount of productions that just had to shut down in terms mm. of. And I, I think we're still yet to see the effects of there not being any new content completed over the last five months. I think a lot of the stuff now, like I'm going to presume ghosts, you've wrapped that well before lockdown. And well, not well before. It was really five days before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> right man. on the, right so up we to were, the line. Yeah. We were meant to finish on the 18th and then mm-hmm. we called it in on the, on the 17th. We were like, let's just finish. Like today we'll get everything in, send the essays home. That sort of vibe. It was like, right let's just make it happen and, and finish one day early and we did and we got it all done jeez jeez yeah man and ghosts season two so i mean mm. at the end of the first season you know you were think you and your 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 co-character uh, co-star were thinking about selling button house to a hotel chain that's right yeah and season two where where do we pick up from then um so season two we pick up where there is they weren't able to sell it because obviously at the end the ghosts mess it up. Um, <laughs> so we weren't able to sell it, which means that we're back to like trying to make it uh, the hotel that we that we aimed for, which was the sort of like the family owned hotel. Um, but also, I think Mike especially has become a lot more um, accepting of the fact that he lives with like nine people and he can only see one of them. Um, and he's sort of like, okay, this goes on over there and it's fine. And it doesn't really work in my favor, but my wife's happy. So yeah, yeah, it's that sort of vibe. I think in series one, there was a lot more, um, it was a lot more of us against each other. Myself, uh, Mike and Alison, just being a bit like, really? Are you sure? And she's like, believe me. And I'm like, I don't believe you. And we're sort of doing our separate things in the house. I'm doing the DIY. She's battling with these guys. Um, and I'm still working out how to like maneuver around them. And I'm still kind of scared of them. Yeah. Um, I think in series two, I'm, yeah, I'm a lot more accepting. Um, and you might even see Mike uh, and the ghosts working together. Hey, okay. I mean, yeah. I feel like the show's got a real charm to it, like a unique <laughs> charm to it. It's a nice easy going watch and I feel like in a world where there's a lot of shit going on mm. <laughs> it's quite mm. stressful it's a nice show to watch how would you describe the vibe of your of your show I think it's just like nonsensical fun um, but it's also got a real heart to it it's got a real family like theme to it because all the ghosts have like are stuck with each other and have been for hundreds of years Yeah, so yeah. they have to be a family because they don't have anyone else or any other option um, and I think that that has been sort of echoed in the praise that I get when I see people on the street. A lot of like families, um, or like parents and families will come up to me and be like, Oh, I love the show, I watch it with the whole family. It's the only time they all sit down and watch something together. Um, and it's like, I feel like I'm doing. I'm doing what EastEnders used to do, you know, and everyone's like, oh, we've got to see it then. But sometimes the kids <laughs> yeah. just like covering the kids' faces, like, No, you can't watch that bit. But yeah. I feel like. With this, it's like everyone can sit down and watch it and enjoy it. 
Do you find that's quite a challenge to make something that's funny but also isn't isn't rude? It's like child safe but also like cheeky. Um, I think I think it's got yeah I think it's got a lot cheekier in the second series. Right. I think that's because when we shot the first series, we didn't know what time it was going to be on. Right, and then they put it on at nine thirty, and we were like, oh, we could have. We could have made it a bit more. But um yeah, I think so I think it has been made a little bit cheekier. Um but it's not it's not in any way like sort of rude or um crude or anything like that. It's just like there's a couple more jokes for the adults. Yeah, right, nice one, nice one. Yeah. And with regards to the jokes, there's certain things that I see, like for example, in the first season, you'll like have a drill and you're like doing a robot like dance yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like how much of that yeah. stuff is written in how much of that stuff is kind of ad-libbed and thrown in on the day um with tom kingsley the director he's a bit like he's he's very open to sort of ideas and stuff um i've worked with some directors that are very rigid in what they want and what they like um and tom's not like that at all he's sort yeah. of like if you have a suggestion you can throw it in and he's most of the time he's like yeah yeah go for it try it um, I mean, you might not make it to the edit, but he'll definitely let you try it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you got anything, have you got like a favorite kind of ad lib that you threw in in the first or second season that we can look forward to or, or we can go back and watch on iPlayer? Um, I think there's, there's a line that I put in for some reason, um, which is on, so there's a, uh, episode four when the film crew come to the house and then I'm trying to impress. I'm trying to. So there's a guy called Toby, um, who is like my wife's a massive fan of, who's acting in the house. So she, I, I know that she started to act differently. So I'm kind of trying to impress her again. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like school playground games where I'm like, oh, whatever he can do, I can do. And I go to do a pull up on this marquee, and I bring the whole marquee down, and then I say, why is that? And I never. That was. I don't. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't in the script. I think I'm, I. I'd lived that, but that's sort of become a running theme of Mike but like when he messes things up that is his his go-to phrase why is that um <laughs> which is cool 
yeah, that was really fun. But I mean, there's so many, like, there's so many elements, but not even just my own, like, the cast are constantly trying to make each other laugh. And that is like, I mean, especially, it is quite difficult, I think, um, for production when there's like 10 people in the scene that are all trying to make each other laugh. But it is really like useful for the show because what if it's funny to us, it's definitely going to be funny to like the people watching it. Yeah, because for your character, you have to act a lot in the first season in a room full of people but pretend they're not there like yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. all of these like cheeky lines coming in like oh that's what she said happening all the time yeah, so yeah. is that ever quite hard for you to kind of focus yeah, on definitely. like eight bodies around you breathing down your neck yeah man definitely i think it's one of the hardest things i've ever done acting um pretending that the people aren't around me because i came up through improvisation like i went to i did improv um i went to a youth theater that was sort of based on uh, on improvisation, that's the sort of uh, the way that they teach the practitioners. There's that they teach like Joan Eastwood and Eastwood, Joan Littlewood um, for at Theatre Royal Stratfordies. So like I did that, and then I went to East Fifteen Acting School, which is very improv based. So I'm sort of always, and I'm like in improv groups as well. So I'm used to like always working with whatever you've got and whatever people throw in, you just respond to. So, like, from my improv background, it's always responding, reacting, reacting to everything around you. So for this, it was sort of like throw away everything that you've learned and the way that you've trained for, like, 10, 15 years and just do something completely different, which was, yeah, really difficult. But I think, I mean, I, I think they got rid of all the takes where I looked directly into a ghost's eyes. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I mean, like, improv... I feel like uh, improv actors and, and comedians, I feel like you, your brains, you've trained your brains to work in such a different way. Mm. And it means that you could, I mean, off the bat, I can't keep up with how sharp you are when you're in, when you're flowing, when you get into mm. a real flow, I, it's, it's unimaginable. So for you to come in and kind of train yourself to kind of, I suppose, like, be more rigid, I guess, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, be a lot stricter to yourself with regards to what you can say. Because, you know, if you'd switch an and for a, for an an or whatever, I for mm-hmm. I'm, I am from I'm or something like that, the director's mm-hmm. not going to kick off. But you, you're not really meant to super stray, like, unless you said you've got a director who can give you a little bit of, of room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom's really... And, I, of course, I work with Tom on staff as well. Yeah. Um, and so we've got, like we've got an understanding of how each other work from doing like sort of two series of staff and, and two series now of, of ghosts. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's like a lot of the time I don't, unless it's like a big change, I don't really have to ask if I can change it. I can just sort of give it a go, have a look to him, see if he likes it. If he doesn't, I'll know. And yeah, we can go back to, to the script, but, um, yeah, it's a great, like, it's a great way to work. And I think it would be difficult to go back into something that, that isn't like that. And I've done a few shows that are like, we need exactly what's written. And especially in like dramas, I haven't done loads of dramas, but drama yeah. isn't really sort of room for improv. Um, it's sort of like every word counts. Yeah. Um, yeah, but enjoyable nonetheless. And I think, yeah, I think uh, hopefully when I start to do my own projects, I'll be able to like give other people as much leeway rather than being like, no, I wrote that line. You got to say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it takes a level of trust with your actors, I guess. But I mean, with your own projects, what kind of stuff do you want to bring to the table? What do you, what, what do you want to say? Like, this is the Kyle stamp. This is my mm. kind of thing. 
I the dream is to make something that is a bit. Um, I've got an, I've got an idea that I've been working. That was like my first ever idea that has gone through loads of stages. And I and the, the sort of main um, the gist of it is that there's a guy who wakes up in a um, he falls into a coma after his DVD collection falls on him. And then he wakes up after being in a coma, but every day that he wakes up, he's in a different genre. He believes that he's in a different genre. And so his family and friends have to come together and like um, act out what he believes is real, but implement parts of his real life as well so that he can get his memories back. Um, But the idea, the main sort of reason for doing that is so that anyone can play anything. Because when I was at drama school, I mean, I was like one of five black people in my year out of like a year of like 70 or something like that. Mm. It was like a massive year. And um, I found that there were so many like, and I mean, there were other ethnic groups as well, but there were so many people that were getting cast because of how they look. And obviously that's how it works in the industry, you get typecast based on how you look. And I was thinking that like, when we're in drama school, we're improvising in other people's scenes and backstories and whatnot, you're playing whatever. So I might play, say, a Russian spy, for example, that I'd never play on TV. And there are loads of sort of things that I was like, there are loads of talents that these people have that they wouldn't be able to do because they don't look like they do that. And it might work in, say, animation or like an audio book or something like that. I'm like, to see these, to have these people actually act on TV as these characters that they'd never get cast in, you'd have to have a project that people are pretending. Um, and so for that, in that project, this guy believes it's real. Everyone else knows it's fake. And they know that like that's not really what's happening, but they're just doing it for him. Um, so that's sort of my dream, to have something like that, where it's like every, anyone can play anything. Um, like men can play women, children can play adults. It's like free for all. It's just like based on whatever you can do. Um, so, yeah, so and I think it's yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it's kind of rare that like people. You know, there's sometimes in a film where you go, I wonder if that was in the script and they could do it, or it was written in because they could do it. Because like, have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, of course. You know that little clip where Leonardo DiCaprio's character, what's his name again? Um, Steve, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. But he's body popping at his wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always think like, was he just like, oh yeah, by the way, I can body pop. (laughs) And they're like, oh, go on then. And he did it. (laughs) Or it was written in the script, like he body popped. So Leonardo DiCaprio was like, okay. Could you imagine if Leonardo DiCaprio really went over to Scorsese and just said, look, I just so you know, um, if you throw down a beat, I can body pop, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. how do you feel about that? And <laughs> could you just imagine right. that conversation? Okay, let's let's try that out. <laughs> All right, someone having to uh, like an AD having to write that down. So uh, today we've got Leonardo DiCaprio body popping scene. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah man. But so I think that's a really that, sharp, you know? yeah, it's a really sharp workaround. I think that you mm. you've done in able to kind of like you said counteract the the you know the stereotypical casting that does happen. Uh, mm-hmm. within the industry some of it obviously i understand you would like to cast people that 
look like they're from the country they're from but yeah enable mm-hmm. for you know to enable actors to kind of explore different roles that is a great workaround man that's that's yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool i'd love to see that come to light man yeah so hopefully that i mean i've been working on it for a while and i sort of always put it on the back burner and, and focus yeah. on something else but that's the dream i feel like i've got to make something else first to prove that i can write before i can do this sort of high concept thing yeah um so that's what i'm that's what i'm doing I'm starting to learn more and more that writing is where it's at. That's that's where you really mm. can um, not just to get your ideas out there, but it helps to change the way that you think of putting together visual content. Because when you're writing something, you have to kind of see it from all of the angles when you're writing it. Not just because when you're acting, you kind of tend to think of your character. What are they reacting to? What's their point mm. of view? Whereas when you're writing, I feel that kind of you have to look at the overarching storylines and everyone's point of view when they when they come into to, to their arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think um, I think that I wanted to write mainly because, like, the roles that I was going out for, I was like, yeah, this is cool, but like, it could be a lot more fun if this was done. And I, I mean, I did a lot of YouTube stuff. I did. Um, I when I came out of drama school and I wasn't working, I was working in like a call center, and I was like. Well, I haven't acted in a year now because I haven't done any work. I've just been yeah. like selling magazines. So um, a lot of my friends were doing YouTube stuff and always asking me if I wanted to be involved. And I was like, yes, I was just on anything. Um, and it meant that we were constantly sort of writing, not in the traditional sense, we weren't like writing a script, but we were like, okay, this happens and this happens and that happens. So I've always had that kind of like, that creative... Um, the ability to create a world or create stories, but I never actually sat down to write until like maybe three, four years ago. And then I only started calling myself a writer like two years ago. What was it like writing for the first time? How'd you find it? I didn't it? know what I was doing, bro. I don't have a clue, man. I was writing on Word and I was like, I was just like, for me, it was just like, Character says this, character says that, character says this. And then, like, like if I showed it to someone, someone was like, where's, where's all the actions? Where's the directions of what's going on? Like, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. No, you got a point. All right. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So then started, yeah, and just kept learning. And, and But also, the more that I was working, acting, the more scripts I was reading and the more that I'd see, like, the format or the structure... And I think like Ghost is an example of like amazing structure. And that comes from people working together that have worked together for so long because you know what everyone else can do. Also, they've like, they've, individually, they've got their talents as writers, but they also know that like, okay, I work on structure, I work on characters, I work on the beats, I work, like, I work on jokes. And they're able to come together and form this thing that is just so well written. And if you look at like episode one, so many things happen in episode one. Like they get the, they're looking for a house. They get the call. They go to the solicitors. They go to the house. They see the house. They like look around the house. She has her accident. She goes to hospital. Like so many things happen in that episode. But it's all down to good writing. And my like my when I was writing, sort of like for a half hour episode, it would be like forty pages. And I'd be like, why is it so long? But I'd learn. I've learned over this time that like how to do it basically yeah. and not to like not to write everything you can just show things yeah you don't have to yeah. you don't have to say like oh this is fantastic this house that we're in it's like okay well, <laughs> you see the house 
Yeah, I mean, just to bring like people who did not read scripts, like you know, a lot of us just watch TV and stuff. Like, mm. what, what Kyle's saying is that on a script, like it will say, you know, to set the scene, it will be like, you know, uh, Kyle and Marcus are sitting on facing their laptops in separate rooms. You know what I mean? Talking mm. on Zoom like that. But um, yeah, yeah. So it's really, that's really, really interesting that you kind of went from just words being said into now, like, mm. like mm. put yourself a writer. And I, I look forward yeah. to your stuff. I mean, you've you, recently done some work with uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, David Avery, as well. Um, oh yeah, uh, Greasy Spoon as well. I'd love to yeah, talk yeah. about that as well, man. Yeah, man. Greasy Spoon is cool. I know Joelle from school. So Joelle, who directed it and wrote it, she went to the girls' school of my boys' school. Um, okay. What so school was that? Know, uh, so I went to St. Bonds in Forest okay. Gate. Right. And she went to St. Angela's, right. uh, which is the sister, was the sister school. I think they've, uh, they've split up now. They split up as brother and sister. They've, um, they're long lost. They're long lost. They're divorced. Siblings, yeah. <laughs> they're divorced as siblings. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think, I think that's true. I heard that that was true. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I've known her from then and she's always been like, in drama and interested in drama and stuff and her career has just gone from strength to strength and now she's directing and writing and doing like great things and she owns um, Bluebird Productions as a pictures Productions or pictures um, and they're doing like great things especially in Dagenham uh, and she's really like got a um, she's bringing through like a lot of the young people in that area Barking and Dagenham and like getting them interested in the arts and and showing them what they can do. Because a lot of people like are interested in the arts, but think like, oh, I can't act. But there's so many other roles within the arts that people don't really know about. Like I wouldn't have known about being a lighting designer, for example. I would have just thought about like, oh, you just turn up and it's done. Um, Turn them on, right, or off, (laughs) come on. (laughs) You want a whole name for that? Yeah, yeah, so like, she's like (laughs) showing these young people that there's so many like, so many things you could do within that world, yeah. um, which is great. But yeah, she got in touch um, and said that she wanted to work on this script. Um, and it'd be me and David. And then also said that Danielle was on board and like myself and Danielle, we've known each other since we were like seven. Um, we used to go to like this drama um, summer school together. Um, so like anything that Danielle's in, I'm like, I have to say yes. But also like I wanted to work with David. I wanted to work with Joelle. Um, so yeah, we did that two days, two days shooting Barking, which was a lot of fun. Um, taking a piss out of gentrification, as we all should. Yes, um, that's, yeah. that's free game, fair game. Yeah, man. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what I've noticed a lot about our conversation today already is you're a real big fan of working with people that you know and like. Mm. How important is that to making sure that you enjoy your journey in writing and also in acting? I think... I think all I want to do, and I think when you look at people like Judd Apatow, for example, like they just work with the people that they obviously like. And obviously sometimes I have to get a name in, but mostly it's like you see a lot of the same faces, the same people in these films. And it's just like people that they like, people that they know are funny, people that work well. And that's what I want to do really. I want to work with people that I like, that are funny, people that like bring new ideas and are just cool people, that people that I want to hang out with. And I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, we've got to shoot this film as well. Um, and yeah, like that's, that's my aim. And obviously like meet new people and introduce new people to those groups, but mainly it's just like hanging out with my friends and, and getting something, getting something good, mate. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'll be honest mm. with you. I've realised over the last couple of years that I'd much rather work on a project with people that it's fun to work with than just working on a project for the sake of just getting the check in. I feel like mm. I understand. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with getting your money, but um, you know, we're in a creative industry where we want to have fun. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like whatever mm. I create. I need to make sure I'm surrounded by people that I enjoy working with. Otherwise, That's it. I'm not interested. I'm really not interested. And I, and I genuinely feel personally, my best work that I've done like ever has always been when I'm having fun. Like mm-hmm. without a doubt, if, to pick the best bits of work, the works that have even generated the, you know, the, the best return have always mm. been projects where I'm just like, you know what? This has been a freaking laugh. Like I, mm, I could, mm. I'll do this for free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, well. so, yeah, Greasy Spoon, uh, could you give us a little bit more about what it's about? I know you said it's taking a look at identification, but I'd, I'd, I'd like you to get into a bit more. Yeah, sure. So Greasy Spoon is um, about two friends that meet up that haven't seen each other in a while in their regular place, which is a cafe. Um, and I think it's set in, I think it, I, I can't remember if it mentions that we're in Barking. It's in Barking. Um, and they meet up to have their sort of regular catch-up. Um, but David's character, whose name I cannot remember. Um, um, yeah, his, his David's character has Ivan. Noticed, Ivan. That's it, yeah. Ivan um, is noticing that there are like changes in the in what like regular uh, spot is, and like the menus all changed, the prices have all changed, the way they're <laughs> dressed is all changing, and so it it becomes a bit. Um, bit of a thriller the way that like he's noticing everything changing but i'm not my character's not and my character kyle i think is sort of like uh sort of like what do you mean bro like, this is how it's always been um <laughs> yeah so it's a, like it's a, a kind of freaky for him and he goes to like sort of get his head right and comes out and it's even worse everything's changed um yeah so it was real like real fun idea um, that we got to do over two days in Barking and it was uh, we did that with Fully Focused who are a really cool group of people who like bring in young people into the arts as well and like I said they sort of introduce um, young people especially from ethnic backgrounds into like different roles in production yeah. um, so the crew was sort of like I think it was like 95% um, uh, black and, and Asian Um and they were all, everyone was sort of like learning on the job, but also like really good at what they were doing. So yeah. shout out to the focus. That's great, man. And it's, it's so mm. important nowadays. Cause I feel like there's still not enough support. And I feel, I, I always feel like if there was somebody that could show you that there was opportunity early on in your career, maybe before then, you know, at the age of 15 and 16 to realize that there's a way into the arts and entertainment industry uh, mm-hmm. There are so many ways, shall I say, like there's so much out there, you know, instead of just acting or, you know, instead of just writing as well, nothing wrong with those, but there's like mm-hmm. a, such a spectrum of roles that you can take on and careers yeah, yeah, yeah. take you all over the world. So yeah, it's really, really good at doing that. Shout out to Fully Focused, man. Mm. Um, that's really, really cool. So um, yeah, be- before, before we let you go, I just want to know, how do you like to kill time? Um, I'm, I'm a big Twitter fan. Yes. I spend too much time on Twitter, man. <laughs> Sometimes, you know when you get that screen, do you get the screen record, screen report of how long you've been on your phone on a Monday morning? Yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> All 
when I get that in and it's like you averaged seven hours a day on your phone and five hours of that was Twitter, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Considering what you, all the work that I'm meant to be doing. Yeah, yeah, all the right. Oh, you, you couldn't write it the other day. You only wrote two pages. But I'm like, what? what is it you do on Twitter? Are you somebody well, I did who 11 tweets. Yeah, I did 11 <laughs> tweets. <laughs> are you someone who likes to kind of jump into the zeitgeist or are you are someone who, who likes to just drop profound tweets or, or are you a consumer of Twitter? Is My Twitter, news Twitter is jokes. It's just jokes. I don't... Like, if I want current affairs, I'll turn on the news. I'm on Twitter for the jokes. Like, I want people roasting whatever's going on in the world. Like, there's there's so much that goes on. It's like, every day, there's so much information. And sometimes, like, you have to stay away from it. But when I'm like, when I want to know what's going on in a funny way, not yeah. like, not just like, these are all the tragedies around the world. Yeah, yeah Then I'm like, Twitter's my thing. And I'm just, I could be scrolling for time. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't had breakfast because I've been in bed scrolling for... After I've said too much, I've given you too much information. It's, it's all good, man. No, I, I, like, I just love Twitter for its narky comments. I like it when there's a news story that drops and then you get the retweet with the comment and someone just slaps... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter is where there's some of the best. I mean, I feel like it's UK sarcasm. I feel like it's no one can be sarky like us over here. Yeah, man. And I feel like that Twitter is where we drop some of the the biggest and baddest of those, man. Um, Another thing before we go, I don't know how much into DC you are, but I I wanted to talk about it a little bit today just because it's it's happening. Mm -hmm. DC had this event called Fandome. So basically, everyone is very aware now that you can't link up to, you know, have conventions as easy as you used to. So DC mm-hmm. set up this online, you know, I'll call it a festival of convention, should we say, mm-hmm. called Fandome, where they showed some new material and, and content that they're dropping. One of them is the new Batman film. I don't know how into right. DC you are, but there's a new Batman fronted yeah, by Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. So mm. I'll be honest with you. When I first found out it was our Pat was going to be the Batman. I wasn't mm. convinced because I feel like he is somebody who I'd usually cast in a role. He's a bit moist. Mm-hmm. He's a bit moist. But mm. you've, have you seen the trailer now with a bit of action? Yeah, have, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on, on this now? I mean, I, when I watched it, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of like, it looks fine. Yeah. I, I wasn't like, when I saw the trailer for The Dark Knight, I was like, I was excited I was just like what when I'm not watching now um, with this I'm sort of like okay yeah okay yeah, I'll watch that yeah but I think I've, I've only seen one of the trailers and I know that there are like a few different trailers so yeah. maybe my one wasn't the sort of action packed one well, there's a trailer where you see him beat up someone. And, and I think because yeah. he said he wasn't, he said like to the press, I'm not going to get buffed for this role. That's part of the problem with Hollywood. But I'm like, Batman can't have a gut. Batman, like I know, I know he's very well off, but Batman can't look that loose. He needs to look quite yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. But they've put yeah. him in a, and there are pictures floating around of him in the suit, looking quite hench. But I found, mm-hmm. did some more research, found out that's his actual body, um, body double instead. Oh, but um, yeah, I think once they suit him up, you know, the shells that they put over him are going to make him look quite hench. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. pretty excited for that man. Uh, and they've also got some new games that are, are dropping as well. Uh, but we'll talk about that on another episode of How to Kill Now. But yeah, it's good to get your first impressions of, of the of the Robert yeah, Pattinson Batman because I think um he might you know what he might be a he might be able to pull this out of the bag for us. But also for me, Bruce Wayne is about the hair as well. 
And when I saw his hair in the thing, I was like, no. Um, just because like Bruce Wayne is meant to be like, yeah, the guy that everyone's like, oh, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne's here. Yeah, and this yeah. guy looked a bit like he looked like he might be the butler, or not the butler. I'm saying butler like there isn't a butler, but I mean like he might be like the the hospitality hosp- hospitality <laughs> stuff. He looked like, like a disgruntled oh. bellboy. That's what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. But you never know. We might be. Um, we might be pleasantly surprised. Oh man, yeah, we, we, and I'll tell you what, we will be pleasantly surprised by season two, of course. So, um, I really look forward to making sure everyone check, check, check out the first season as well on BBC iPlayer. Um, and I wish you all the best with the show. Do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you on social media first? Twitter would probably be the best place to look for you. Yeah, man. So I'm on Twitter, KF Red Hot. Um, I'm on Instagram, it's Clay's Flames. Um, it's from my music base. I haven't changed it, I probably won't. Ever. Keep it. Um, uh, yeah. All right, wicked. Um, we're at How to Kill an Hour on all social medias. I'm at Marcus Bronzy, M A R C U S B R O N Z Y. Thank you very much for killing some time with us. We'll be in your ears shortly. Thank you very much, Kyle. Thank you. Bless. Take care, man. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.